Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. It's with deep gratitude that I thank you for choosing the Portland Center for Spiritual Living as your source of spiritual nourishment here today. And our message, our science of mind message, goes out way beyond this sanctuary. For those of us that have read the recent newsletter, thank you, June, we've heard from Reverend Larry in his world outreach message that we have just celebrated the 300,000th downloaded podcast. 300,000 downloaded podcasts. Yes. These podcast listeners aren't just located here in Portland. We serve more than 120 countries throughout the world. So to all of our podcast listeners, wherever you are on this planet Earth, a heartfelt welcome. And we're stepping into December. We're moving forward into the waning of the year 2018, yet it is the beginning of many religious traditions. For example, Hanukkah, the Jewish festival of lights, begins this evening. It means dedication and commemorates the purification and rededication of the Temple of Jerusalem following the defeat of Greek insurgents in 164 BC. For Western Christians, today marks the start of Advent, a four-week season preparing for the coming of the Messiah and the celebration of Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ. And there are many non-religious traditions that commence too, like Deck the Halls right here at Portland Center for Spiritual Living right after this service. Now, for me, there is an inner quickening of positive expectancy as I anticipate decorating for the holidays. But before I can experience the thrill of pulling out the bins of holiday decorations and rediscovering treasured and cherished ornaments, it requires a little preparation. For example, polishing silver and brass, washing crystal vases and bowls, Dusting, dusting, dusting all those cobwebs away. And it also requires removing objects from bookshelves and tabletops and replace and placing them in storage in order to make space for all of the seasonal decor. This preparation is very much like our topic this month. Declutter Your Mind. We are featuring the book, Declutter Your Mind, How to Stop Worrying Relieve Anxiety and Eliminate Negative Thinking by S.J. Scott and Barry Davenport. And what they share with us is that the goal of the book is to teach us habits, actions, and mindsets that we can use to clean up our mental clutter that might be holding us back from being more focused and mindful and allowing our soul to sing hallelujah. They also seek to show us how practical, scientifically based actions can create real and lasting change if practiced regularly. So there's a big if there. 
The book is in four parts, and it helps us to remove the tarnish, hazy film, and dust from the layers of negative thinking and that have cluttered up our lives so that we can reclaim time and emotional energy that we have given up to overthinking and anxiety. So today, in Decluttering Your Mind, we're focusing on two things, identifying the cause of mental clutter, and then looking at ways to build a declutter habit. Now, Ernest Holmes, the founder of Religious Science, addressed this topic decades ago. A quote from Ernest says, worry, crisis, and anxiety seem to plague most people, often to the extent that life is something to be suffered through rather than to be lived with joy. So Scott and Davenport can help us learn to declutter our mind, eliminate suffering, and live with joy. So let's get started. Those causes of mental clutter. Our authors specify four specific causes of mental clutter. Stress. When I read that, I kind of went, duh. <laughs> I mean, how many of us have seen teenagers look at us when we think we have something profound and they go, uh... Well, that's sort of the feeling I had. Stress, yes. Too many choices, too much stuff, and our brain's natural tendency to react to negative stimuli more intensely than positive. Well, there's a vast amount of information in the book. I'm focusing on one of the four areas that uh, cause mental clutter, and that's too many choices. What our authors share with us is uh, research from a psychologist, Barry Schwartz, who coined the phrase paradox of choice. Now, we know that in science of mind, power of choice is what's taught in science of mind. Yet, Barry Schwartz said that freedom of choice can have diminishing point of return on our mental health. More choices leads to greater anxiety, indecision, paralysis, and dissatisfaction. And to reinforce this point, the authors brought in the data from a 2014 survey from the Food Market Institute, which stated the average, average supermarket stocks, guess how many items? 42,214 items. Now that's a lot of choice. Now that's just the average supermarket. We know that in today's retail environment, we have many one-stop shop formats. And that includes everything from apparel to home to uh, shop goods, what, home and garden. So we know that just the average shopping experience leads to an even greater, the paradox of choice. This week, I saw this in action. Many of you know I work a part-time retail position. I work at Fred Meyer, which is a one-stop shopping format. And this elderly couple came in. They were both pushing small bass carts. And they looked a little overwhelmed as they came through the apparel entrance door. Yet they turned and they moved into the apparel department. Well, then I lost track of them because I was serving several other customers. There was a little bit of a lull, so I moved out onto the uh, apparel area floor and saw the woman by herself. I walked up to her and I said, are you finding everything okay? Is there anything that I can help you find? She nearly had tears in her eyes. She goes, this is just too much. She said, 
we're from Montana. We've never experienced anything like this. And then with almost panic in her eyes, she said, I can't find my husband. He was going to buy me this sweater and I can't find him. And she was literally almost in tears. I said, we'll find, I said, are you referring to the gentleman? I described him. So she started to feel more comfortable knowing that I knew who she was looking for. I said, I saw him go in that direction. I said, I could page him for you. She said, oh, that would be just wonderful. So I paged him, but as I'm paging, I'm seeing him walk in the opposite direction, <laughs> totally oblivious to the overhead page. I grabbed a coworker and said, could you please watch the, watch the register? I told the woman, please stay here. And I tracked him down. Now where I found this gentleman was in a very, very wide aisle of the frozen food section. And I, I mean, and there was like a glaze in his eyes. You could see that he was a little overwhelmed. I called him by name and I said, sir, your wife is looking for you. And he grabbed my hand. And so I reunited the couple. You could tell they were elated to be reunited. But what I saw in that instance was the paradox of choice. Too big a space, too many departments, too much stuff and two elderly individuals who had never had that kind of a shopping experience being totally overwhelmed. So if this can happen in a shopping experience, imagine in our life where there are so many choices. I mean, just think of Netflix alone. How many movies? <laughs> I mean, I don't dare go there right now. I have to finish the term. It ends tomorrow, so I don't dare go there. Even though on my email I keep getting new holiday movie, new holiday movie, don't dare go there. So part of our homework for this week is just to become aware of where in our life are we feeling overwhelmed by having too many choices. We're coming into the holiday season. Maybe it's feeling overwhelmed with how many family obligations we have. Maybe it's all the activities that we're getting ready for. Whatever it is, just be aware of it and start to identify. So that's part of our homework. Now, the book has many other uh, things to discuss about sources of cluttered mind. But that's one, the paradox of choice. So let's start looking at how can we refine that power of choice. And so let's build, look at the next category, which is building declutter habits. I don't know about anyone else, but I've had bins of holiday decorations that I've had to let go of. But anyway, there are several declutter habits in the book. And in our time together, I'm addressing two, mainly because they reinforce last month's message of mindfulness that we heard from Sylvia Borstein, and secondly, because it reinforces one of the five spiritual practices taught by Science of Mind. So let's start with mindfulness, deep breathing. Deep breathing reinforces our ability to be in the now moment. And we heard from Sylvia Borstein last month in her book, Happiness is an Inside Job, that when we practice mindfulness, it's really important to pay attention in the now moment, 
to all of the objects of our attention. So she specifically mentioned physical body, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. And she said specifically, pay attention to our breath because it's power. When we just breathe, we allow ourselves to be still and to calm down. Now, Scott and Davenport assure us that the mindful practice of deep breathing, not the shallow, but deep breathing, helps us reach a level of calm, mental clarity, and inner peace, which is an antidote to anxiety, worry, and negative thinking that's occurring in our cluttered minds. The second declutter habit that the authors share with us is meditation, and that is one of the five spiritual practices taught by the Centers for Spiritual Living. And what I really liked about how they talked about meditation was their emphasis that meditation leads us to an experience they called the gap. And what the gap is, is a space of stillness, a silent space between thoughts. Now, why is a gap important? Ernest Holmes in 365 Science of Mind states, illumination or cosmic consciousness is reality. The gates that we have to open represent the place in our consciousness where the divine flows into the human. Now we know from physics two objects cannot occupy the same space at the same time. We see it all the time on I-5. Two cars cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Well, the divine cannot flow into a cluttered, crowded, messy mind. And so it's our job to create space to experience the gap so that the divine can flow into we, the human. And so part two of our homework this week is if you currently have meditation as part of your spiritual practice to continue to strengthen your control over your mind and be mindful and be aware of experiencing the gap and maybe even expanding the gap, the places between thoughts. And if meditation is new for you, to take just a couple of minutes. I'm not asking you to say, okay, I'm marking my calendar for 10 minutes every day. I'm saying, no, take just a couple of minutes. Be aware of your thoughts and follow your breathing. So as a thought flows in, just acknowledge it and then focus your attention on your breathing. And as you do this, you're simply redirecting your mind back to the present moment and you continue your deep breathing. Part of the benefit of deep breathing is you get more oxygen. Oxygen is your brain's favorite food, so you're feeding your brain. And so as we begin this process, we're gaining control over our mental house. So two things for our homework. One, be aware of where are there just too many choices. Just be aware, what are those areas? And secondly, if you have a meditation practice, continue it. Be aware of the gap. And if you are just beginning a meditation practice, just be aware of your thoughts for a couple of minutes each day and retrain it back to being aware of your breathing. Is that easy enough? Can we do that? Great. 
Before I close, I would like to acknowledge the transition of our 41st president, President George Herbert Walker Bush. He made his transition this past Friday, and President Trump has declared Tuesday, December 5th, as a national day of mourning in the United States. I'm asking us to set aside politics politics and political parties, and to acknowledge the legacy of the late former President Bush, because it reinforces CSL's vision of a world that works for everyone. One of the major accomplishments of his presidency can be seen every day in every walk of life across America, from the cutaway curbs on street intersections to the ramps outside buildings that allow access to those confined in wheelchairs. These access points were mandated in the 1990 Americans with Disabilities Act, the law Bush signed that barred discrimination against the disabled in the workplace to ensure that they have equal access to public accommodations. He backed this law despite concerns from some conservatives in his party about the cost and potential litigation. So every day in every way we are seeing a world that works for everyone, a better world, because of part of his legacy of his presidency. In addition, the phrase, a thousand points of light, was popularized by him and later formed the name of a private, nonprofit organization which he launched to support volunteerism. One of the five, practice, five spiritual practices taught by Centers for Spiritual Living is service. So here was a president of the United States of America that saw the power of volunteering. And so setting aside all politics, in this time, in this moment, we honor that legacy, we honor the contribution that he made, his presidency made, to the well-being of people throughout America and throughout the country. And we extend heartfelt warmth, comfort, tenderness, compassion to his family and friends at this time of mourning. So to summarize our, our message today, we're entering a holiday season. It's filled with fun, frivolity, joy, and can also be a source of overwhelmment. And so in this time of many traditions, we have that opportunity to clean up our mental clutter that we might be holding on to so that we can focus our mind. We can become aware of the primary causes of that clutter, and we can make the choice to build new habits that retrain our brains. It's like polishing the tarnish off of the brass and silver, washing away the film from the crystal vases and, crystal vases and bowls, and dusting away the cobwebs so that each of us can shine as one of a thousand points of light. Let us pray. As we breathe in, take a deep, deep breath, and we exhale, and we train our mind to focus on this now moment. We breathe in, and we relax in our chairs, and we recognize one power and the one presence, that infinite intelligence 
It is the source, the power of all creation, all that is seen and all that is unseen, for there is only one. I choose to call it God, though it goes by many names. And it is the essence of love, that love that harmonizes, heals, protects, guards. And it is light. It is that eternal substance flowing into all creation. And I know that this is the truth of my life, for I am of the one power, the one presence, the one essence. I am of love. Its substance is the substance of my body. Its power is my power. Its light is my light. And as this is true for me, I know it to be the truth of each person here today. Each an individualized expression of the one. Each a shining, bright light. And so I claim and affirm and I speak my word for and about each person here today. That in this now moment, a conscious choice is being made to let go of the clutter, that mental clutter that is blocking the truth, the mental clutter of old stories, of mistruths, of old habits that are worn out and no longer bring forth joy. And in the place of that cluttered, worn out thinking, is an open mind and an acceptance of the truth that God is all there is, and that means each person. Each person, the power, the presence, the light, the substance of the one. And in the acceptance of this truth is the willingness to allow that inner light to shine forth. And in so doing, each person, one of a thousand points of light. And so I am so grateful for this truth that God is all there is. The source, the substance, the supply, and the light. And it is the truth of each person here. And so I release my word into the activity and action of the law, knowing that the law is the eternal servant of spirit. It always, always, always responds with yes. And it is saying yes. And so with absolute conviction, firmament of mind, together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for choosing to be here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. 
Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.